1: A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper, he'll call to the place, he'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap to the place. There it is, the kick is up, the kick is good! Auburn
0: wins! 22-19!
1: What's going on everybody and welcome to another episode of the Auburn Today Podcast. As always, my name is Noble, I'm joined here with my co-host Wheeler. Today, we have a bit of an emergency podcast that so we're kind of just hopping on, just giving our initial thoughts about the big news of the day, Zach Calzada transferring from Texas A&M to Auburn. This is big news. Been looking, for, We knew that we were going to get a transfer, at least one. Zach Calzada seems to be the guy. This is definitely not closing the door for another quarterback to come in, but as of right now, I think the guy that is looking to compete directly, so we're going to Hop on and talk about it, but Wither, what are your initial thoughts about Zach
0: Calzada coming to the Plains? I hope we ain't done yet, first of all. Uh, I think Zach is a solid football player. Um, He is an improvement over where TJ Finley is today. So if Auburn was suiting up to play a football game on Saturday at 11 o'clock, Zach Calzada gives Auburn a better chance to win than TJ does. Now, will Zach still give Auburn a better chance to win than Holden or TJ after all three go through spring ball and all three go through fall camp? We'll have to wait and see on that. Um, But I do think that if Holden comes in and is making a lot of freshman mistakes or is having trouble learning the offense or if TJ stays relatively close to where he is now, Harsin has brought himself in a safety net where the season's not going to just tank. Um, Zach is going to be able to go out. I think he could win nine to 10 games next year for Auburn. And I think that's what Harson wanted right now, because, I mean, we talked about Caleb Williams potentially coming. I think we forgot to mention Calzada on the last podcast, but that was mostly because it was just so uninspiring that I didn't want to have to talk about the potential of it happening. But, Sometimes you have to get uninspiring guys to keep your job, you know, because you don't want to just swing for the fences, only swing for Casey Thompson from Texas and Caleb Williams from Oklahoma, get neither one of those guys. And then you're sitting here and you either have a group of five transfer coming in or you have a true freshman or a guy that is just frankly right now not very consistent hitting his receivers. So I think Harson with this move was trying to – ensure that the team's the team's winning ability will not be limited by the quarterback. If you put Zach on a national championship roster, I think he's comparable to Stetson Bennett. Oh, he's so better than Stetson Bennett. He's, and so that's what I'm saying. Like, given talent around him, he could, he could take a team to a championship. He's not going to be the limiting factor of this team's success. I'm not saying that we're going to go to the playoff necessarily, but I'm just saying, like, we're not going to sit back at the end of the year and say Zach Calzada is the reason that Auburn was unsuccessful this year, whereas we look back and we say the reason that Auburn didn't beat South Carolina or Alabama or Houston was because of T.J. Finley. I mean, you can argue some play calls and some other things. It's not solely on his shoulders, but I would say the if you had Zach Calzada or Bo Nix, you, you're probably winning those games. That's just the reality of the situation. Um, We talked for a second before we got on the podcast about kind of is the strength of the quarterback room better right now than it was in September. And I think that Calzada's high is close to and potentially better than Bo Nix's high. Now, you disagreed. You thought that Bo Nix's high was higher, which we'll get to that in a minute. I do think, though, that, I mean, you. I don't know if uh, we've talked about this on the podcast before, if anybody's seen the tweet. There was a tweet going around when Bo Nix first transferred, and it was showing his QBR uh, throughout the seasons. And I mean, it looked like a heart rate monitor. I mean, it was going just like peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. With Calzada, you're getting a much more consistent guy. Obviously, he's going to have better games, but I think his his potential to go up is still – he still has that peak that Bo has, but the, the drop-off is not near – I mean, you're going to get just an average game from him. You're not going to get a terrible game where he's just running around and fumbling the ball and taking 30-yard sacks. He's not going to kill your team like that. He's not going to – like in the iron bowl where TJ took two sacks that got us out of field goal range. He's not going to do stuff like that. Like his low is just, he throws the ball away and nothing terrible happened, but also he didn't go win the game. And I think that that's what Auburn needs because there were so many times this season where the problem was they just goofed so bad, you know? Like They were right there, and if they had just had a consistent guy where instead of having the fumble here, the fumble there, they just threw the ball out of bounds, and we punted, the game looks totally different. Um, so all that being said, I'm excited to see, because the thing is, we were saying before, T.J. Finley is probably going to get better with Austin Davis. Same thing, Zach Calzada is probably going to get better with Austin Davis. Now, he did have Jimbo Fisher as a quarterback coach, and I think Jimbo Fisher is a whole lot better quarterback coach than anybody that T.J. Finley has had in the past times that he's been in college. So is my hope that someone's going to get significantly better higher for T.J.? Yeah. I think if a guy is going to just like magically be fixed by the quarterback guru, it's going to be T.J., more likely than Zach, being drastically changed. But Dr- Zach doesn't need to drastically change for Auburn to be a successful team this year. So, Noble – what are your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts, it's a guy who,
1: so the whole thing is, we've talked about Texas, or Texas A&M this season struggled a little bit. Zach Calzada was good for real, about one interception per game, and that was his kind of his the biggest slight that I had on him was that he turns it over fairly consistently once a game. It's very rare for him to turn it over more than once a game I think he only had one game where he had more than one turnover, but he had most games with one interception, and that's not ideal. The thing is, he fits what Auburn, and you know, this is what I was talking about in the last podcast with the Kelly Bryant and Bo Nix situation. I think that Bo Nix, his junior year, is a little bit better than Kelly Bryant was when Kelly Bryant was considering Auburn. But the thing is, Kelly Bryant would have done better in the games that Bo Nix severely struggled in his freshman season. And having a guy that wouldn't have made huge mistakes in those games could have let us win those games. I think that Zach Calzada is not going to make a huge – he's not going to make multiple huge mistakes that lose us a game. He's not going to go into the swamp and throw three interceptions and lose the game. He's not going to miss the wide open flat route to Harold Joyner and lose the game. You know. So I think that Zach Calzada is the kind of guy where I don't think he's necessarily – someone who you're just going to look at and be like, oh my gosh, this guy's a straight dog. He's going to the league. He's amazing. But I don't think he's going to be a guy where you're booing off the field and chanting the backup's name. And I think that that is, A, what we kind of need. And you also have to consider, the guy was hurt the whole season. And I think that is something that you you, you do have to consider that he was hurt the whole season. But also it's like, I mean, the whole thing is Texas A&M fans raved about Calzada's toughness and how... He you know, he played through injury and all that and he was a serviceable quarterback while hurt. I mean he you know, he got really hurt against Auburn and he ended up losing to Ole Miss close, losing to LSU close and beating LS or and beating A and M, which I don't really consider that much of a win. But the thing was he was hurt going into the Auburn game. You see him, you know, the clip of him coming in against Alabama broken and throwing a touchdown pass. He's got grit. He's got heart. Like, And I think that is something that was attractive to Harson when he was looking at him. This also is not just, you know, a lot of people were getting really wound up. You know, Weether, one of the guys, we talked about this on the last podcast, but Weether was one of the guys that was really getting excited for Caleb Williams or Casey Thompson, you know, a, a guy that is a absolute dog game changer. And I've been telling Weather for the past few days that Zach Calzada is the guy that I think we're going to end up getting. And we're not done with the... I think we're going to bring in another quarterback. I would not be surprised if... I would not be surprised if TJ Finley transferred after the spring. I think that once TJ... If we bring in another guy and TJ kind of sees... Because, I mean, after spring, you have a decent idea of kind of what's going to go on and where you sit. And I think that if it's looking like TJ is going to be the backup or the third string and he doesn't think that he's going to compete for the starting job, I could see TJ leaving. And the thing is, You would rather have a full quarterback room now and lose a guy like TJ after the spring than have to find a transfer in the summer and throw him as a backup. So we're not done with Casey Thompson or Caleb Williams. I don't think we're going to get them, but I didn't think we were going to get them. I I don't think that Zach Calzada coming to Auburn affects those guys' decision at all. I mean, look at Caleb Williams. He went to Oklahoma when Spencer Rattler was there. Like, the guy, he, he's, not, he's not scared of competition because he knows that he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country and that if he wants to go somewhere, he's going to go there and he's going to be better than everyone else and he's going to start. So this is not exactly like, I think Calzada doesn't mean that we're not going to get Casey Thompson or Caleb Williams. I don't think we're going to get either of those guys, but it's not going to be because we brought in Zach Calzada. If we can bring in one of those guys, it's a home run by the quarterback situation with this staff that if one of those guys goes down, you have Zach Calzada to come in. And if he goes down, you can have Holden or Demetrius or TJ come in. And all of a sudden TJ was a guy who we talked about was a serviceable backup. When we got him, if TJ or a TJ talent level person is your third string, your quarterback is in a really good spot. I mean, it really is. I mean, we talk about how bad TJ is, but like, if he's your third string quarterback in the sec, you're doing okay. And so I think – I personally think Zach Calzada will be the starter, and I think that the second guy, whoever we bring in, will end up being his backup. But I don't think that – you know, a lot of fans are thinking that this news is just derailing Auburn's chances at the other guys, and that's just not true. Because if those guys really want to come to Auburn, they know that they're going to be better than Zach Calzada and they can still start. So that's kind of my initial thought on the situation.
0: I think the only two quarterbacks that really – Would keep a guy from transferring right now are Bryce Young over at Alabama and then uh, CJ Stroud at Ohio State. Like, other than that, I think any other school would like Caleb Williams is not concerned about beating somebody out at that school. Yeah. So, I, yeah, uh, the people that think that Harson was not waiting on Caleb and went and got Calzada, I, I just don't think that's the. It's like I said he was trying to get an insurance policy that this season was not going to be a six and six season and he get fired at the end of it. And so he needed a quarterback that was halfway decent right now, not, I hope this guy gets there through fall camp. Like I can get somebody right now. You take that. And like you said, if Caleb or Casey come in, great. You can bring them in. You got a great backup. You've got plenty of time for Holden to develop like your quarterback room is sitting great in that situation. So yeah, I don't I don't think that that's gonna affect the the decision of these other guys. So are y'all uh, are you ready noble for me to tell the folks my conspiracy theory? Oh I'm ready. Okay. So we talked about the dentist last time, who, by the way, has doubled down on his story former Oklahoma football player, claims to be dentist of Caleb Williams, saying that he's coming to Auburn. Today, when Zach Calzada committed to Auburn, okay, let me preface it with this. I don't actually think this is 100% true. I'm just trying to hold out hope that Caleb Williams is still coming to Auburn. I think that it's really just Austin Davis throwing a random hashtag on something to just have fun. But today, Austin Davis, Auburn's new quarterback coach, posted uh, the graphic that uh, we, uh, we gave to Zach Calzada for his uh, transfer. And it says, Zach Calzada committed. Welcome to hashtag QBU, Zach. All right. So for those of you who are listening, who are not driving right now, if you want to, you can pull this up on your own Uh, because I don't know how well I'm going to be able to illustrate it. If you click on the hashtag QBU, you see a grid pattern. And I would say there's probably, let's see, three times. One, two, three, four, five, six. So there's 18 pictures on this graphic. And I would say 17 of them are pictures of Caleb Williams and Oklahoma. Clearly, hashtag QBU is an Oklahoma thing. But now now we're gonna be QBU because we're taking Oklahoma's quarterback. Noble. Thoughts on my conspiracy conspiracy theory.
1: I think it's absolutely ridiculous, personally. I, I think that I think that Austin Davis's intent behind the hashtag was saying that Auburn is gonna turn into QBU when he's here because he's gonna make Zach Calzada great. Whatever. I don't think that he is necessarily saying that we are QBU because we're going to have the best quarterback room in the country because we're going to bring in the Oklahoma guys. I personally just don't think that I don't think Auburn will ever be somewhat close
0: to the conversation of QBU. Well, yeah, I think that that's the truth. I really do, but it's still fun to dream and to hold on to this potential hope that our new quarterback coach lays Easter eggs in all of his Instagram posts about the newest and the greatest player that's coming to play for him.
1: I, I think the, I, I think that the whole, I think that the whole fan base is definitely very involved in the whole Caleb Williams transfer following situation. And I just don't understand why i I truly just don't really understand honestly why caleb williams and casey thompson the smoke around auburn is even there if we're we're being totally honest because these guys are big-time quarterbacks and auburn doesn't have big-time quarterbacks that's just like the the way college football works is you're going to look at schools and certain schools can do certain things old Miss. They can develop quarter – they have a track record of quarterbacks that perform well, and they've got – you know, if you look back, they've got Eli Manning, they've got Archie Manning. They've got names that are impressive when it comes yeah. to quarterbacks. I'm
0: sure everyone is thinking about Archie Manning and being like, wow, Ole Miss has a history of developing quarterbacks dating back to the 50s with Archie.
1: I think that – I don't think that Archie necessarily matters as much, but if you bring, if you have a guy like Eli, you have guys that have played
0: really good at the quarterback position that have come through Ole Miss. But I disagree with you because look, Ole Miss doesn't have, well, Matt Corral will be one. They have no quarterbacks in the NFL right now. They have littered the CFL with some quarterbacks. Eli Manning was not developed into an NFL quarterback. His brother is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And for, a small time period was in contention with Tom Brady for being the greatest quarterback playing in the NFL. This dude beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl twice. You can't say that Ole Miss develops quarterbacks. No, you. Yes, you can. You look at Chad Who? Kelly. You oh, look at, Chad. Yeah, where's Chad now, Noble? Bro, Chad where's Kelly. Big saying, Chad.
1: Bro, he, was, he was not good when he got there, and he became an extremely productive college. Chad Kelly was more productive than almost any quarterback in Auburn football history. Shea Patterson was solid. Matt Ah, Corral was average when he got there. I'm saying that Ole Miss has gotten average to below-average quarterbacks and turned them into extremely productive college football starters. And when they start getting good players, they're going to turn them into first-round picks. That's the thing. Ole Miss can show and say in the past 10 years – our quarterbacks have found great success, and when we get guys that are rated as high as you are, they do good things, and they go to the NFL. That's the and thing. Why does no one
0: want to go play there?
1: What, uh, literally the number one quarterback in the country is considering Ole Miss,
0: Arch yeah, Manning. Because, yeah, because his family, just like you said, old Archie from the 50s went there. His See, grand, His granddad and his uncle went to Ole Miss, he's not going to Ole Miss because he saw what they did with Chad Kelly and Shea Patterson. And and Matt Corral? Ooh, I want to be like Chad and Shea.
1: No. I I totally disagree. I totally disagree. He's not considering – like, the reason that Arch Manning and other quarterbacks want to play for Ole Miss is because of Lane Kiffin. But the yes, thing exactly.
0: is, Lane Kiffin, who's been there for two years, not because it's Ole Miss and there's just an aura the thing around is, QBU But the thing there.
1: is, Hugh Freeze, Hugh Freeze had a great track record with QBs at Ole Miss, and it became a thing. Everyone knows Ole Miss quarterbacks are going to put up good stats. When was the last time Ole Miss had a quarterback that you were like, this guy just absolutely sucks, he is terrible?
0: Jordan Tamu.
1: Jordan Tamu was not that bad. He was not that bad, Bo Wallace. Bo Wallace put up some nice numbers,
0: buddy. He threw a pick six to Robinson Therese.
1: That was then the uh, the Bo Wallace was the starter in 2014, right? Yeah, the year that they were a top four team in the country at one point.
0: That doesn't mean he was good.
1: Wheeler, come on now. Bo Wallace put up some
0: really good numbers.
1: At okay, we're so going what, we're
0: going on a rabbit hole right here.
1: Here's what so just just to build just to finish what I was saying. Ole Miss has a record of good quarterbacks. Alabama passed five to seven years, really good quarterbacks. Auburn has not had a good quarterback that we recruited since Jason Campbell that we okay. recruited out of high school.
0: Okay, I hear you. But you, you just said that the recruiting pitch for Ole Miss is, if we have guys of your talent level, we can imagine what we can do with you. Who was the last guy that came to Auburn with the talent level of Caleb Williams at the quarterback position? That's sure, Cam Newton. Yeah, and where did we take him? The national championship, first overall NFL draft pick. So I don't think – I think that if we had had somebody like Cam Newton who goes on and becomes NFL MVP when they're in the NFL and they had gone 8-4 and four and did nothing when they were at Auburn and were drafted in the fourth round, Then, yeah, you can say, look, man, it doesn't matter how talented you are. If you go to Auburn, you're not getting drafted. But the fact is, Jarrett Stidham was okay and still got drafted out of Auburn. Cam Newton was really good, won the Heisman Trophy, won a national championship, number one overall draft pick. Auburn has just as much exposure for these NFL guys, and they're playing against really good teams. And it has no bearing on whether. What's his name? Uh, any of Gus's quarterback coaches were able to develop Bo Nixon into somebody. This is a brand-new quarterback coach. This is an NFL quarterback coach. This is a brand-new head coach. That's all I'm saying. But the stigma is still around Auburn
1: that Auburn is not going to put quarterbacks in the NFL because we can't do it. We, we, the last quarterback that we have legitimately put in the NFL that these people are actually going to care about is Cam Newton. And Cam Newton is not, like, like if you're going to talk about Cam Newton, Auburn did nothing for Cam Newton. Cam Newton was a generational talent that walked in, played football, and left because he was just that good. If Jared Stidham was in a better system, he would have been drafted higher. No doubt. Okay,
0: so right now the rumor on the street is that Caleb Williams is considering Miami, Georgia, Auburn, and UCLA. How many NFL quarterbacks has UCLA put into the league that you can think of? Yeah. Not many. Yeah. It, you're, you're, yeah. How many, when was the last time Miami put a quarterback in the league?
1: It's been a while.
0: It has been. Um, okay. So we'll talk about Georgia now. So when has Georgia had a quarterback go in a decent round and didn't fall on national TV three straight days in utter failure? And go to the NFL recently?
1: I believe it was, it would have been Matt Stafford.
0: Okay. Yeah. So that would have been 2005, 2006, 2007. Yeah, seven. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I'm not seeing any of the places that he's looking that are just churning out first round draft picks at quarterback. And that's all I don't, I'm saying. I don't necessarily is if you were things. going against if you were going against Alabama and Ohio State and Oklahoma, because I don't think he's going back to Oklahoma. Then I I totally buy your argument because the Ohio State quarterback, the Alabama quarterback, and the Oklahoma quarterback, even if they're not as good, ESPN's going to hype them up because they're the quarterback yeah. for one of these teams, and that that is a valid point. But I'm saying all of the teams that Caleb Williams is considering allegedly are. Not that team. Now, USC is another team that people, but they're, I mean, everybody at USC is saying Caleb Williams is not coming here. But also, I think that if you're looking
1: at, I I don't think that, I don't think that the people, the alleged list that Caleb Williams has, I don't think that's super accurate because I don't think Caleb has told anybody Because Caleb hasn't set a visit to any of these schools. I think that Caleb knew where he was going. I think he is waiting to announce it. But I don't think Caleb Williams just entered the portal and was like, all right, let's see who comes and let's see who talks to me. I think he knew, like, he has an idea of where he's going. And the thing is, we've seen a lot of names that, I mean, you have that report that said Miami and UCLA and Georgia. You have that one report that said LSU. You have another report that said USC. You have reports that say Ole Miss. You have reports that say he's going to go to Maryland, play closer to home. Like, You have a ton of reports that are coming out, and you're like, okay, these aren't true. Yeah, the Eastern Michigan guy that said he had a
0: million-dollar NIL deal. But the thing is, people from Oklahoma, where he was and where there's a lot more people that know him and know what he was talking about, mentioned Auburn as one of his places. But even, even if you said any of those places that you just mentioned, Maryland, Eastern Michigan. Like okay, he's not going to Eastern Michigan. I I know, but what I'm saying here is, there is no team that has been named as a rumored spot that has this great illustrious quarterback into the NFL thing that Auburn doesn't have. Okay, that's. I mean, what are you going to say, LSU? LSU yeah, put Joe. LSU. They put they put Joe Burrow into the league. Okay, and I'd say Joe Burrow is the equivalent of Cam Newton dude transferred in, happened to be just an absolute rock star. Yeah, but the thing is, LSU can claim developing Joe Burrow
1: because when he got there, he played a season for LSU and wasn't that good. Cam and Newton they just fired everybody was that was there. No! It's the, it's, it's the name, man. It's the name,
0: LSU. It matters. Okay. And, who, and who are the other quarterbacks that LSU's put into the league? Jamarcus Russell. Oh, yes, Jamarcus. Everyone He's a remembers how— first-overall
1: pick, bro. Yeah, first but, overall he, pick.
0: but he sucked.
1: I don't—but th- see, the thing is— He was so the, bad,
0: he didn't make it in the NFL for any period of time. That, the
1: players that are going to be considering— And Jamarcus Russell
0: was like 2005. That goes back—you can have Jason Campbell.
1: They care about when you were drafted. Because if the guy ends up being a bust, that doesn't that doesn't mean anything for Caleb. Because Caleb's like, well, I won't be a bust. But LSU had a guy that's had two guys go first overall.
0: Okay, Jason Campbell went in the first round. But the
1: thing, people don't know and who actually, Jason Campbell is.
0: Yeah, and you know why people know who Jamarcus Russell is? Because there's a story. Because there's a story that goes around Instagram about the guy not watching his tape and his coach catching him on it. Exactly. If, there, but if is, that people story still didn't know who happen Jamarcus
1: Russell is.
0: Yeah, but that's not a good thing. All publicity <laughs> is not no one is looking back and saying, "Oh man, back in 2005 LSU did this. I'm going to go to LSU over Auburn because in 2005 they were able to get JaMarcus Russell into the league." That's just not going to happen. I think that quarter I think that having a
1: long list of quarterbacks that have been drafted high in the NFL matter when it comes to a transfer coming to that school. And also I think that the the play style matters. Like the way that Auburn plays is not super helpful for NFL quarterbacks. Like it's just not. Like Caleb Williams at Oklahoma was allowed to throw the ball all around, do all these things. Having a run-minded offense and average to below average receivers, whether he brings in his guys or not, it'll it'll change a little bit. But as of right now, the only package deal that you see is the Mario Williams guy coming in. So you have Mario Williams. So you're going to have Caleb Williams throwing to Mario Williams and Shedrick and Javaris and J.J. Evans. I mean, it's like, OK, and Xavion, it's like, OK, the, the receivers are not going to be that good. The offensive line as of right now, is not super conducive to an NFL quarterback to start slinging it. Auburn just doesn't really fit the mold right now of a school that can bring in an elite quarterback.
0: But I don't think any of the schools that have been named as potential schools are there yet either. Have you seen what Brian Kelly runs for an offense? Yes. It's not exciting uh, either. It's not exciting and all of their people left. Boutte's still there. But, I, I mean, that's one guy.
1: But if you have Bute and Mario Williams, then all of a sudden you've got two top seven receivers in college football, and you're not going to run the same offense that Notre Dame ran. If you have Caleb Williams and two of the best receivers in college football, you're going to throw the ball. No matter what you like to do, you're going to start slinging it because you can beat everybody slinging it. Well, then Auburn, all of a sudden you turn into one. threw the ball 52% 19.
0: of our plays when we had T.J. can't hit the broadside of a barn back there. yeah, but They'll we threw sling it,
1: to, it. But we threw it to John Samuel Schenker 44 times. And how often did he run a route that was further than 15 yards down the field? Not very often. Throwing it short doesn't impress the NFL scouts. Doing a little rollout pass and throwing it seven yards down the field, yeah, it's throwing the ball, and yeah, it's useful for our offense. But the thing is, NFL scouts aren't going to see that. They want to see you throw in the 60-yard bombs on a deep route that you want to run in the NFL.
0: And I think that those throws were there all season, and they got missed all season long. In the bowl game, there we already talked about it on the last podcast. There were five of them that got missed. Wide open, deep shots, just missed them. Bo Nix, notorious for missing the deep shot. The shots were there. The receivers were open. And... That I mean, that's just the truth. The guys were getting open. Now, sometimes they couldn't catch it, but we didn't know whether they could catch a deep ball or not because it was never within five yards of them. I think that's a fair argument. I just don't think that
1: if, if I'm Caleb Williams and I watch how Auburn ran their offense, I don't think that that is a super conducive offense for an elite quarterback to be playing in with his play style. It's one thing if you're a guy like Matthew Stafford was and that's what you would thrive in. I think that's one thing. But if you're a guy who is going to be more like a guy who just wants to sling it around all the time, I think that that's a little bit of a different story. And so I just don't think that Auburn's offense is super conducive to what Caleb Williams wants to do. And I think that is a big reason why I don't think we'll land Caleb. Now, I could be wrong and we could bring him in and we could change our offense. That could happen. I just don't think it will.
0: Well, there you go. We'll have to see what happens. We will. But right now, we have Zach Calzada, Big Zach.
1: So, if you could, right now, if you think that Zach, Cal- so if Zach Calzada start, because right as of right now, with how the, with how the quarterback room is constructed, Zach Calzada will probably start in all likelihood. And for those that don't know, Zach Calzada led Texas A and M to an eight and four record. They finished the season ranked twenty third in the AP poll. Their losses came to Arkansas twenty to ten, Mississippi State twenty six to twenty two, Ole Miss twenty or no, Ole Miss they lost twenty nine to nineteen, and LSU they lost twenty seven to twenty four. His biggest wins were against Alabama at home, forty one to thirty eight against Auburn at home, 20-3, to and the third biggest win they had, I mean, they really didn't play anyone else. I mean, you can maybe look to the Missouri or the South Carolina beatdowns that they won by 30. So, Zach Calzada had a decent season this this year. His team had an 8-4 and record, and he came in as a backup. He did not start the first game of the season. He comes in after the starter gets injured and he leads them to this record. Right now, Zach Calzada would start for Auburn. If the season started tomorrow, Zach Calzada would be the starter. Wheeler, what do you think Auburn's record will be if Zach Calzada starts the whole season?
0: 10-2. and two. With losses to who? With losses to Georgia in Athens and Texas A&M at home.
1: Really? So you think we go into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama with Zach Calzada?
0: Yes, I do. Because I think Bold. that he, he's he been in the raucous environment before. And I think that the defense is going to travel. And so I, I don't think that there's going to be a lot asked out of Zach going into the Alabama game next year. Now, Alabama could just have Set the world on fire on offense next year. But just kind of looking ahead and looking at who their receivers are, they're going to be really good. I mean, it's still going to be Alabama, but I think that Alabama next year is going to be closer to how Alabama this year is than how they were last year. Yeah. They're going to, I think they're going to be a beatable team next year in the same way that they were this year. They could still make the playoff, they could still make the national championship next year, but I don't think that they're going to be the almighty juggernaut that they've been. Now, Georgia. I mean, I, I just don't see a path where Auburn beats Georgia and Athens next year. I, I mean, sitting here today, unless something dramatically changes, I don't see Auburn going into Athens and beating Georgia. I mean, it wasn't close this year. It was at home. I think the teams will be similar, similarly built next year. I think we may be able to make a few more plays and keep it a little bit closer, but at the end of the day, I don't see that being a win. Auburn typically plays better against Alabama. I think a, a win against Alabama is not, I mean, it's a bold-ish prediction, but not the worst. Uh an AM, I don't know. I I felt like there was going to be another game. I I don't I didn't want to say that we would only lose to Georgia. I could see it being AM. I could honestly see in it be uh Missouri when they come to Auburn. I think that Missouri's gonna be pretty good next year. I think. We're gonna be struggling a little bit at the beginning of the season. I could see that being a little bit of a trap game. Um, so I was just looking for two, and it's—I mean, A and M has a really good recruiting class coming in, and they were good this year. So, I think that they're going to be a really solid team next year.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that I think that a ten and two prediction would be not best case scenario, but I think that that would be a decent thing to happen. I, I think that if that's you, really good. Yeah. If you go from, you know, if you go from a, you have a first year head coach, you have six and seven year one or six and six in the regular season, year one, then you go to 10 and two. Then I think it, it starts. And if you can get recruiting going, we talked about this, you know, it can kind of get some momentum going the games that I am most scared about a kind of like a, I don't want to say a trap game. Cause I don't really think they're, are many trap games. I think that Arkansas at home is a game that I think you would be worried about, but we have a bye the week before. So I I think that that's kind of a, a potential trap game that we kind of avoid in the sense that you have the bye before. So for those that are curious, our schedule starts out. It's week one, Mercer. Week two, San Jose State. Week three, Penn State. Week four, Missouri. Week five, LSU. All those games are at home. I think we start the season five and oh. I think we start the season 5-0 and with all those games at home. Week six, you go to Georgia, travel to Georgia. I think we lose that one. I think we bounce back with the win at Ole Miss. I think we beat Arkansas. I think we beat Mississippi State and Starkville. I think we lose to a I think we beat Western Kentucky. I think we lose to Alabama. So I think we'll go 9-3. That's my early midseason prediction. I think that Calzada can get us to a point that we can beat the teams that we're supposed to. And I think that we can kind of ride on the shoulders of Tank Bigsby and the defense and kind of play more old-school style football. And I think that Calzada will be able to throw the ball enough that Tank Bigsby is going to have a really big year. But I just – I have not seen enough from this staff and this team that makes me think that we can – or at Alabama, or that we can beat a team like A&M that will be more talented than us so that's kind of what I'm thinking right now now if we get a different quarterback I think it'll be a different discussion but I mean I think that right now Calzada is what we need because I think he's an upgrade from what we have and I think that he can bring good to Auburn football I just don't think he is going to be as much of a game changer and big time quarterback that people wanted us to get in the portal
0: yeah I agree and uh I think that there's going to be some more news this week, and I don't think people should hold us to our predictions of this week until it's all done.
1: Yeah, I I think that you know this is definitely just a you know just kind of throwing it out and just as of right now what we think we will have with Zach Calzada, but obviously the portal is going to be even more active, landing in a couple offensive linemen. Um, and a couple defensive guys, the The portal is going to be a little bit more active this week than it was last week. So it's definitely something to keep your eye on, but it's just a situation to keep an eye on, especially with the quarterbacks. Yeah. And then just kind of before we wrap up with the quarterback talk, um, you have obviously yesterday, Anders Carlson announced that he would come back. I think this, this is a, a little discussion that, a lot of Auburn fans have kind of been thinking about Wheeler. do you think that Anders Carlson will start for Auburn in 2022 at the kicker position?
0: Mm. That's a really tough one. Um, I think he will start solely because I think Harson knows what he's getting out of the guy. And he seems like a guy that is going to play the guy that he knows. Um if, if the talent is not that different. I think that McPherson's going to be a really good kicker at Auburn. But I think it's hard to knock off a guy that's been there for five years as the kicker. And the fact that Anders is coming back, he clearly thinks he's going to be able to beat uh, Alex out Al for the starting job. So I think that Anders will be the starting kicker. And I think that Alex will be a very, very solid backup. And if Anders struggles at some point during the season, I could see Alex getting some kicks.
1: Yeah, honestly, I I think this might be a bit of a hot take. I I think that Alex will finish the season as the starting kicker. I, I, I really like Anders and Anders is really good in practice, but if you look, so 2018 was his first season at Auburn. Or 2018 was the first season where he actually kicked at Auburn. He goes 15 for 25, and he makes all of his extra points. He goes 15 to 25 from his field goals, which is really terrible. I mean, that, that's, that's really not good. Granted, he kicked an, a crazy amount of 50-plus yarders that no freshman kicker kicks at a normal school. So I think you cut him some slack with that. 2019, he goes 18 of 25, and he was really inconsistent most of the year, and then it was really that Iron Bowl where he turned it on, was really clutching that Iron Bowl, and really helped us win that game. So, I feel like the fans really got off his back then. 2020, he goes 20 of 22, and he looks like he's kind of turned that corner and is really consistent. And then the next year, 2021, goes 14 of 21, not a great percentage, and ends up tearing his ACL. That. So you look at it, he has a career field goal percentage of 72%, which isn't very good. And the fear that I have is that the only season where he looked as good as he could have been was 2020, where he makes 91% of his kicks. And the thing was, that was the one year where he did not play in full stadiums, and he played in, you know, the, the COVID 25%, you know, weird stadium thing so my fear about Anders is that he chokes under the pressure and not necessarily about the pressure of the kick but just the pressure of everyone watching so I think that I I don't I don't see that necessarily going away like he has had three years of a starting kicker and he just hasn't really been able to turn that gap so I just don't know if he will be able to this next season so I think that Alex will honestly finish the season as a starting kicker
0: yeah I could definitely see that being the case because like you said Anders has struggled inside of his more pressured environments and that's another thing we don't know about Alex is how he does when he's kicking in front of 80,000 people and I don't think that that's something you can simulate or ever find out until you're doing it
1: yeah, I totally agree. So I definitely think it'll be something that we have to just kind of wait and see how it works. But I, I don't think that Anders really has the same job security that he has had in previous years. So it's definitely, you know, a competition. Healthy competition is obviously always a good thing. But I that kind of wraps up our talk for today. We'll have another podcast in a few days. But this was kind of just hopping on and just kind of talking about everything that's going on with Auburn right now. Um Obviously if you guys have any questions, comments or concerns feel free to DM the page. Thank you guys for listening and where you go. Where you go?